This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Hey, it's Seamus from Newhoff Media Lafayette, and this is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. Season 1, Episode 11. It's brought to you by Arconic Lafayette. If it flies or drives, we are on it. Arconic is a leader in the production of world-class aluminum products that transform the way we fly, drive, and build. Our guest today, Sergeant Ian O'Shields from the Lafayette Police Department. Ian, how are you doing, sir? Good. How are you, sir? We are, we're doing good today. A little cold, but uh, it's winter, so that happens around here, as you probably know. Oh, <laughs> all too well. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to start off by uh, asking a couple of background questions, I guess. So where did you, where'd you grow up, Ian? Good old Lafayette. Good old Lafayette. Where'd you go to school? I went. I was a Maverick. A Maverick. Then, okay. I was a Maverick, and then uh, yep, went to Purdue. So. And did you? Do you have you? Oh, you did go to Purdue. Okay. So, um, I did have a question here. Did you ever get in trouble as a kid? Now you probably get asked that a lot, being in in law enforcement. But did you ever get in trouble when you were a kid, or were you straight laced and always followed the rules your entire life? <laughs> <laughs> when you say when you say get in trouble, like what exactly are we talking? I'm not like, I'm not talking misdemeanors. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> did you? I mean, have you ever been pulled over for a speeding ticket? How about that? Yeah, I, actually, I have. Uh, I actually um, been pulled over a few times in my lifetime. So, <laughs> but as uh, a kid, hey, just to be honest, I mean, yeah. and, and I've and I've had my fair share of tickets as well. Okay, so. okay. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, you know, as a kid, you know, I mean, when you look back, I mean, were you, did you get in trouble in school or were you pretty, pretty by the numbers kind of guy? I mean, we definitely, uh, found some mischief every once in a while, but no, we were, I ran with a good crowd, played sports, stayed out of trouble. You know, my parents, you know, they, uh, I'm definitely a product of good upbringing. Um, you know, again, found a little mischief, but nothing, nothing crazy. So now that you you did cause a little mischief as a kid, so when you're dealing with kids out there, do you kind of have a little bit of an understanding? It's like, okay, I get it, guys or girls. You're out there causing a little bit of trouble. Do, do you think that helps out a little bit? Oh, absolutely. You know, when it comes to policing, no matter if you're dealing with kids or adults, I mean, there's you have that have to approach it with a common sense approach. You have to approach it with it's not just black and white, right? There's there's gray area, and I think that's what's tough about policing. On the on the same note, is because we have so much discretion. Uh, that's where that scrutiny comes into play. So, I mean, many times you, you know you may have one situation and three different officers come up with a different solution, and none of them are wrong, right? Right, and so. It's it's a good thing that we do have discretion because not everyone deserves a ticket, right? Or uh, maybe you know when you when you're investigating a, a case, maybe that person doesn't actually need to go to jail or whatever, what have you. And so the discretion is good, but again, you know you may have somebody on the other side that's like, no, they should have done X, Y, or Z. And so it's it, it's tough, but we just take it day by day. At what point in your life did you decide, hey, I'm going into law enforcement? How old were you? Do you remember? You know, that's that's a great question. I don't. I never remember wanting to be anything else. I think I always tell people, I think I watched too many Jean-Claude Van Damme and Wesley Snipes movies. <laughs> I was, a, I was an, you know, I was born in 85, but I, I call myself a 90s kid because, you know, I grew up watching 
all those great classics and you know they were always chasing after the bad guy and uh that's all i remember wanting to do so you went to purdue after graduating from high school and did you go were you going into law enforcement then was like okay this is what i'm gonna do uh yeah so the i'll try to make it quick my father was in the active duty army for four years and then he ended up getting the national guard uh, I I joined the guard as well because my mind I, I wanted to be a Fed, okay, and a U.S. Marshal, and then I went off to basic training right after high school, and I realized I was a homebody. So when I returned home, still did the guard thing, went to Purdue for law and society. Um, I applied to LPD, Lafayette Police, the only place I applied because I just wanted to be a cop so bad, and I said something right because they hired me at 21. I was in my junior year at Purdue, and I ended up not going back because I got the job that I was going to school for. And uh, I actually just recently uh, went back to school two years ago and finished up my bachelor's wow. through Purdue Global. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm I'm pretty proud of that, pretty excited. Uh, and how what, hard was that going back? Was, what's that, sir? After all those years, how hard was it going back to school? I mean, you know not what? that you're actually, old. You're not old, but, you know, I mean, it, it's been a few minutes since you went to school probably, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I think it was, man, 11 years later. Okay. And you know what? I actually like it better now because I want to learn. Uh, I'm a lifelong learner. You know, uh, I couldn't stand reading when I was younger, and now I love it. And that's due to some people that are really influential in my life to press me to read. And, you know, there's a lot of reading involved, especially with online learning. And so, you know, it just it just all happened at the right time. Again, I was able to go back, and the silver lining there was is, you know, I didn't necessarily need a degree now in uh, policing, and I ended up getting it in health and wellness because I love that's what I love doing outside of policing, uh, being in the gym and just focusing on you know taking care of yourself. Oh, I and, see the way uh, you judge me every time that we meet in person. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just good, and you know I, I would advocate that for any anyone to go back and you know finish your degree or continue on. So you know it causes me to to read and research stuff that I wouldn't do on my own. This is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. We're talking with Sergeant Ian O'Shields with the Lafayette Police Department. It's brought to you by Arconic Lafayette. Um, what would you say is the biggest misconception about the police? Oh, geez. I know it's a, kind that's of a, a tough that's question. That's a big question. It's Sam. a big question. Come on, man. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, here, here's, here's what I'll say. Officers out there are doing great work every day uh, across our country. I didn't know what a police officer did until I became a police officer. And, you know, it's, I know, just like I said, with the discretion it brings a lot of scrutiny of why we do what we do. Um, there's a lot of misinformation. What's highlighted usually are the rare occurrences, you know, that, that happen unfortunately in policing. Uh, it's a violent, it can be violent, right? Unfortunately. I mean, we're responding to people's worst days, but most officers are out there doing great work. Um, you know, there's, hundreds of thousands of interactions a day and you know again a very few very 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 few of the uh, the worst case scenarios occur out of all those thousands and thousands and probably millions of contacts um and so i guess 
sorry, this is a long-winded version. No, just no, to no. say that there's a there's a lot of the education piece, and we're trying our best at LPD to with our outreach to educate people on why we do what we do. And you know, it's just like anything else. I don't know what you do at the at Newhoff. Right. You know, I have no idea. So it's I wouldn't be. You know, I think you would take offense if I come in and said, "Hey, Seamus, you need to. You know, you need to <laughs> edit this way, or you know, do this on the radio, right? Because you've been doing it for years, and I have no idea why you do what you do. And that's the same with policing. It's not so simple just to look at a video and be like, "Oh, they should have done X, Y, or Z." You know, uh, do we make mistakes? Absolutely. You know, are, are there uh, police officers out there with ill intent? Unfortunately, there's probably a few. But again, the majority are out there doing great things every single day. It is a tough job, uh, but someone's got to do it, right? And you just take one day at a time and, you know, just keep moving forward. We keep, keep training hard, keep, keep raising that standard. And, uh, you know, I know agencies across the country are looking for good people. So if you want to make a difference, I promise you there's probably an agency near you um, that's that's looking for somebody that wants to impact their community. Um, so you and what, what year did you start on the police department? 2007. 2007. So social media August, was August 17th, 2007. Oh. I got sworn in. There you and go. I, <laughs> Yeah, I was 21, and two weeks later, here's a good story for you. Two weeks later, I turned 22, and it was, well, my second week on the job, and my mother kindly brought in the biggest cake you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) And I had to stand in front of roll call holding the cake as everyone took a picture of me. And, uh, yeah, so fast forward, like I said, I've been on for over 14 years. I'm pretty sure my my partners still have – pictures of me and and made for a great story so thanks uh, mom be a great picture when i put this on social media if they want to send it to me um <laughs> yeah. i'm sure everyone would like to see it so social media in 2007 was a thing for sure not to the extent that it is now but has that changed your guys's job from policing at all with social media um well yeah i mean it's changing the fact that we were able to use that platform to connect with the community, to educate. Like I said, that's a really important piece because I, I would argue that most people don't quite understand why we do what we do. And so that can, that can create conflict or, you know, um, question things. Right. And because it is a tough job and, and there's just, it's just tough. And so we use that platform to educate, to connect, you know, if people want, if we want to push out a message or if people want to contact us, um, you know, I, I think it's good to show the community, you know, what we do, what we're out there doing, what our, what our men and women are out there doing every day. Uh, I will say it's tough because, you know, I'm the guy who does our social media, uh, myself and uh, another officer, and we're cops. We're not necessarily uh, <laughs> social media or marketing folks. And so we do our best to keep up. But it's definitely something we need to continue to do. And if agencies aren't doing it, they need to just because you need to connect with that community. I always say that we can't do our job to the best of our ability without the help of the community because there are eyes and ears. And, you know, always remember that your officers in your town, wherever you're at, probably live in that community, if not close to. So we want it to be as safe and as beautiful as you do. And, uh, 
you know, it's all about working together. And so social media just makes that connection easier, I guess. Hey, my last neighborhood, I had three officers that lived in there. And you know, I put that when I was selling my house, I put that right in there. <laughs> did, did you? Yeah. You know, uh, another sure. quick story for you. I got, I got plenty of them. Actually, when we moved out of our, uh, my wife and I, our first house, you know, we lived there for eight years. And when I put the for sale sign in the yard, I had multiple people that I never actually met that lived in the neighborhood that stopped by and were like, do you really need to move? Which was cool. You know, I mean, it, it felt good that they, they wanted me in their community and uh, we didn't necessarily want to leave. But when you have kids, you need you need more space. So so let me ask you this. You're a very calm guy. We've met many a time. You don't freak out about anything. But if you're, you put yourself in stressful situations all the time and you guys have to be calm. You have to be the calm ones, always. When do you come down from that? Is there a point after a situation? Is it hours later? Is it the next day when you actually think back on it and go, man, that was nuts? Or is it always, are you always at the same level? Um, yeah, when we're talking like worst case scenarios, which, you know, been in a handful of those, uh, it's usually a few hours later, you were like, whoa, did that, did that really happen? And that's good in my opinion, because, you know, uh, luckily in every situation I've been in, you know, uh, it all worked out well. You know, the right decisions were made. And, um, you know, I, I put that on training, training and the people, my mindset, right? But, you know, at Lafayette Police Department, we take great pride in the training that we put on. We have the best equipment. You know, we have, we, we do uh, very in-depth background investigations and in, in the hiring process to ensure that we're hiring the right people. And so just kind of the totality of all of that prepares you for those worst case scenarios and, uh, you know, just always being prepared. And that's why I take great pride in being a police officer and it really isn't a job for everyone, which is okay. But, uh, you know, because it's tough, it is tough, but, and taking care of yourself, like I said, pumping iron, you know, it, it all comes together. To, uh, to ensure that you make those right decisions in those worst-case scenarios. So you guys get a new recruit. How long is it before you have them in the gym? Oh, less than a week. <laughs> 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 I do have a question. So there's a couple of law enforcement agencies, right? We have Lafayette Police Department. We have less Lafayette Police Department. Purdue has a police department. We have the county sheriffs. How, how well do you guys all work together, your agencies? And how important is that yeah. to getting keeping the community safe? Yeah, we all work well together. You know, the so we all take care of our own area, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do work well together. You know, especially in times to where uh, maybe there's um, you know an unfortunate homicide that's occurred, and multiple of our officers are needed on one call. I mean, there's been times to where county or west side will actually come and run calls for us. Uh, or if, you know, there's a big incident, incident that occurs, we'll actually work together to resolve it. I mean, that's happened before as well. So uh, it's very important. It's, it's awesome that we're able to do that and collaborate. I know that uh, if you didn't know, our canine officers, they're a part of a metro canine unit. So they, I remember one night, I uh, had an incident occur and Purdue's canine came over, you know, because we didn't have one on duty. So it's very important. And, and I always tell people we are very fortunate because in our community, there's usually a cop 
like uh, if something bad's happening and we need an officer there, you know, there's always a cop fairly close, mm-hmm. whether it's our agency or another agency. And, and a lot of people don't have that. So um, it's, it's very important that we work well together because it's all, we all have the same mission, right? To make sure the, the community is safe and, and a beautiful place for all of us to live. This is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. We're talking with Sergeant Ian O'Shields from the Lafayette Police Department. Brought to you by Arconic. If it flies or drives, we are on it. Let's go back a little bit to when COVID first came out. And how did that uh, adjust your guys' job immediately when the COVID crisis first started? Yeah, so we, 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 the first thing we changed is really, hey, what do we need to respond to in person and what we don't. So, you know, we needed to ensure that our officers were healthy so we could help those that needed immediate assistance. And, you know, luckily, it, I think it changed policing for us and it was actually necessary. Um, so officers weren't actually responding to places maybe where there was no suspect, there was no injury, and, and the, the individual would help us help them by filling on uh, filling out an online report or sending us information and really that saves time for the officer right and money and resources and it allows us to be more proactive in other areas so we actually learned from covid um that you know having online reporting so we learned that um you know what calls do we actually need to go on um Versus, you know, obviously worst case scenarios where we need to respond. So, you know, it was just it was just working smarter, really. Um, and the community, I think, was very uh, responsive to that. I mean, there, from what I heard, there were no complaints of, well, why didn't they show up? Um, you know, because officers would make those phone calls or whatever. So, you know, it just again goes back to we all work together to to ensure everyone was was safe and healthy how safe would you say our community is i mean you guys probably have indexes and stuff like that but compared to because you work with other agencies in other places too i know you're a networking guy um i think you're at a conference right now aren't you yes sir (laughs) and so well that's good no that's hey listen you can learn from everyone i steal from the best that's what i always say um (laughs) but how safe is our community in your opinion you know it's a super safe community you know again my family's there, friends, you know, there's nowhere that you can't go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, unfortunately here of communities where like, yep, don't go there, whether it's day or night. Um, there's no place that you can't go in Lafayette. You know, everyone goes about their day. Um, I would say we have a really safe community and we have a lot of support. You know, it's, it's awesome. The amount of support, law enforcement support we have in our community you know, most people are law-abiding citizens just, you know, taking care of their own, going about their day, living life, and and taking it day by day, right? Yep. Uh, unfortunately, you do have people that are out committing crimes or, or trying to hurt others, but, you know, that's a very small percentage, and uh, I think we do a good job of, of containing that and responding to that and, and deterring people from trying to hurt others. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, we live in a, a safe community. Do you think we can do something about the tailgating? Tailgating? This, oh, like you mean is, uh, follow, people falling too closely? They, I've been, I've lived all over. 
never have lived anywhere where people had to be three inches off my bumper. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Um, so in the police world, if you notice, hopefully officers are doing this. We actually have a, a big space, a, a big gap between us and the car in front of us. And a couple of reasons why I want is so we need to, to take a different route, right? Get out and move. Yep. Um, but another is, is because we've seen so many rear end collisions and we've seen a car being pushed into another car, leaving that gap, you know, allows for uh, reactive space. So, yeah, I definitely don't advocate. You, you need to have a good car length um, between you and the other vehicle for sure. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but we're going to get back to it because this is one of your passions, and that's spending time reaching out to the community and educating. So tell me some of the things, because I know you guys had, uh, what was it, you guys were out with uh, shaved ice or something like that in the, uh, oh, yeah. was that the summer? And you do a lot of different things. So we'll get first, give me some of the things that you guys do to reach out to the community. And, and obviously, the more they know you, the better off you are, and everybody is, but and then, you know, why that's so impactful and, and uh, to you as a police department. Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of work backwards in the year. Uh, you know, we, we participate and assist in Shop with a Cop, which, you know, it's uh, people that, I don't know what you want to say, need assistance or, or could help, you know, around the holiday time. Officers go and, and they shop with the kids and get them stuff they need and want, which is pretty awesome. You know, we just had the foot pursuit in October. That's, That's near and dear to my heart just because I started it four years ago. And it's our 5K to raise funds for the Hartford House. Yep. Which, if people don't know, the Child Advocacy Center here in, in Tippecanoe County, that uh, they interview children that have been victims of crimes or witness crimes, and then they also provide them resources. And the ladies over there do a phenomenal job. They are a great organization. Great agency. Great organization. Uh, and the foot pursuit, you know, it also allows us to connect with community members and, and get people out and moving and get that blood flowing, which is also near and dear to my heart, right? Yep. Physical fitness. Uh, but you guys are out there. So thank you very much, Seamus and you strange. You bet. <laughs> but, uh, so we do the foot pursuit. We have Conan and cops. That was actually a product of COVID. So another event that we do is national night out. And that's mm-hmm. where we work. Uh, historically, we've worked with the aviators, over at uh, Loeb Stadium, and we kind of piggyback on their event and, you know, just a way to connect with the community, and it was a great time this year. Uh, But because of COVID, we couldn't do National Night Out because we didn't want to create a crowd. So um, I had this great idea, which actually turned out to be a great idea, uh, (laughs) to work with a community partner, uh, which was um, uh, Federal Savings Bank, and they donated money so we could go and rent some Kona ice trucks. And we went around and we just gave out free Kona. And we had such a good time and connected with so many people. We ended up doing it again this year. So it's been two years now that we started Kona and Cops, which is a blast. Uh, this year we actually connected with over 2,000 people in the community. Handed out over 2,000 cups of shaved ice. And it's Security Federal Savings Bank, mind you. Sorry. Uh, thank you to them for being a, um, the sponsor of that event. So we have Conan Cops, and then we do the Junior Police Academy, which okay. is a phenomenal event. Our school resource officer, Mark Roberts, he does a great job of bringing that together, and we bring in about 30 kids and just teach them the ins and outs of police work. Uh, that's a good three-day event. 
And then we also have, we have something else and I'm, I'm blanking on it, but you know, we just, we do everything. And then we're also going to every, uh, you know, a bunch of other organizations and community partners throughout the community that have events or want us to be there. And, you know, we go and just connect with everyone. We, we want people to know who are serving, who is serving and protecting their community. And, you know, it's important to have those connections to build that trust because, you know, again, that partnership's what allows us to be the most effective. And, you know, we try to push out what we're doing on social media. We have a podcast just like you nice. called Inside the Squad. Uh, I'm actually getting ready, I think, next week to record my last one. Because if you didn't know, I'm, I'm going back to patrol next year. You are? So, uh, I didn't yes, know sir. that. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's been, I've been off the street for a little, little over four years doing the outreach thing. Uh, it's been a phenomenal experience. You know, I've been able to to meet and with great people that I don't think I ever would have um, by just working patrol. But you know, I'm looking forward to going back and being a supervisor and, and gaining the the knowledge and the experience on patrol. And you know, four years is a long time, so it's it's a good good uh, good change that I'm getting ready to uh, embark on. But you know, again, we're just trying to be involved in everything. We, you know, so if people want us to be involved in their event, obviously we can't do them all, but get a hold of us and hopefully we can work something out. One more thing on the way out. Give me some advice for people, little things that they can do to help protect themselves. Because I know that drives you guys crazy. Like, why'd you leave your car door open? Or, um, you know, what is some good advice you give people to just to keep themselves protected? Yeah. So we're going into the holidays. So this is probably a good time to talk about this. You know, first and foremost, when you go to the store, ladies, don't carry the big purse. Carry the clutch. I think that's what you call it, the little pocket book that you can keep in your hand. Yep. Um, You know, keep your head on a swivel. You know, just if you – people are uh, looking for people that aren't paying attention or they're in fear, right? So be confident. Keep your head on a swivel and, and make sure you're aware of your surroundings. Um, leave lights on at the house, you know, the exterior lights, um, bad guys like to, to hide in the dark, right? They ideally, they don't want to be caught. And so if it's dark and they can't be seen, that's when bad stuff can happen. So exterior lights are huge. Um, don't leave presents and valuables in your vehicle to where they can be seen, you know, lock them in the trunk or ideally take them home. Uh, cause unfortunately people will smash out windows to, to get a hold of something that they feel is valuable. And um, one of my biggest things is, is that no good, no good uh, deal comes to you. So, you know, if somebody's calling you with a great deal, it's probably a scam. Um, We do not call people and tell them that they owe them us money. If they have a warrant, that doesn't happen. (laughs) I had somebody come to the police department the other day because apparently they had a call that, Hey, the Lafayette police are looking for them and they needed to, they needed to wire us money or get a money gram. Wow. That stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you get a check through the mail and they ask you to cash it and keep a little bit and send, send them the rest, it's a scam. Essentially anybody that's calling you with a great deal or if they're claiming they're going to come get you over the phone, it's a scam. Um, you know, this is the time of year where bad guys are trying to get all the money they can. And unfortunately people fall in the trap because they, they talk really well. So, you know, 
my advice is just hang up the phone. Just hang up on the phone on them. So if, if somebody really needs you, you know, they're going to get, get a hold of you through certified mail or you're actually going to go to the business. Good advice, Sergeant Eno Shields of the Lafayette Police Department, soon to be back on patrol. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for being the guest on our uh, podcast today. My pleasure, Seamus. You're the man. I appreciate all you folks over there at Newhoff. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.